Former South African leader Nelson Mandela once indicated, education is the most powerful weapon which you can use to change the world. His words of inspiration are carried prominently on the website of the Latin American Education Foundation. Greetings again. I'm Adam Morgan. College enrollment among Hispanic students increased over 3% last year, whereas enrollment among other student populations all declined, according to the National Center for Education Statistics. Contributing to the increase among Hispanic students has been through the work of such organizations as the Latin American Education Foundation. Since its founding in 1949, the Latin American Education Foundation has awarded nearly $7 million to college students through over 7,000 scholarships. The work of the foundation and how it supports Hispanic students to enter college and keeping them there to graduate is the focus on this edition. Joining us from LAES is Communications Director, Ms. Kimberly Villegas. For communities of color, there have always been barriers to higher education. Either the school districts were teaching enough uh, uh, college material for kids to get ready to go, or the learning was different there, but uh, Hispanic students, you know, they also have language on top of that. Are there other barriers that they're having to overcome to make sure they get into college that uh, LAEF is helping them do? Yes, yes. Thank you for bringing that up. Yes, there's a lot, many barriers that our students have to go through um, to in their path of obtaining a college degree. One of them, for sure, is the financial barrier because some of our students mainly a lot of our students um, are from social, low socioeconomic status, so they don't have the financial resources to attend college. And others I also have the language barrier. They're not for, um, English, English is not their first language. And they also are first-generation college students, so the college experience for their families and themselves, it's not really known so they have to start yeah. from scratch from everything. So they basically relied on what the resources they have in school in order to start applying. I was a first-generation uh, gen college student as well. And I know some of the pressures we have on us are to, you know, college is great, but you need to really stay around to go to work to help the family. Do uh, Hispanics have that kind of pressure as well that you have to teach them how to balance that? as well as going to school? Yes, they yes they do for sure. Um a lot of our, a lot of our students are working full time while we're going to school. A lot of them have a part time jobs. They also have to support their families in some way or another. So yes, they for sure have those struggles. Well we all know that going to college starts at home. And many times do you have to find that you have to really support the mindset of the family that this can be done, that their student can actually get into college and graduate? And sometimes that's a, that's a challenge within itself. So uh, uh, how do you get that accomplished? So we try to guide our uh, students and their families on the process because a lot of them, our first-generation students, so they really don't have no foundation of what to do next or how to even start. So yeah. um, this year, 90% of our students are first-generation uh, first college students, and a lot of them are so first um, immigrants, so they really don't know anything. So we just help them navigate the college going process, 
starting from like how do you start applying for college? How do you apply for your financial aid? How do you make sense of that financial aid? How do you um, even register? Because sometimes you don't even know how to do that. And there's so yeah. many things that are so unknown to the family because they didn't really have no foundation. In that process, you know, you're thinking about college going forward, right? But you also have to tell them uh, or mention how critical it is that they keep their grades up in high school so they have more college options and that kind of stuff. So you've got two jobs going at once, I think, if I'm correct, to make sure that student is going to be prepared to make that application and get the financial aid and get into college in the first place. Yes, yes, we do for sure. We um, have a different presentation to the high schools that our student services managers attend, and we usually meet with students or their families, and we kind of have a little bit of a check line of what the students should be doing. We also try to break it down for, like, freshmen, sophomore, juniors, and seniors, and kind of have, like, the different guidelines that the college application it's looking for and what we need to do in order and for them to apply. Freshmen, sophomores, juniors, and seniors, you break it down at each grade level for, they, for things they need to accomplish to make sure that that, that application is going to be accepted uh, when it's ready to go in. Is that right? Yes, correct. I was reading also that um, uh, families or students that come from uh, uh, Cuba, versus ones that come from Mexico or Central America, they just have two different concepts about education. And so that makes it a formidable challenge for uh, for you all to see who you have to try to start them into thinking that process because that's what's going on here versus where they came from. Right, yeah. So we try to meet, like, maybe specifically to, like, the different families and kind of fit their needs and how to best guide them for them to successfully guide their students and maybe the students uh, guide their families because it could be a vice versa process. Some, Like, for example, myself, I kind of taught my parents what I was going to do in order to, like, apply and visit college campuses and all that. So mm-hmm. it, could be, it could be for sure different, and we have to accommodate to those needs. Yeah, but your concept, I guess, of being a one-stop for information and guidance, that's probably the easiest way to do it so they don't experience any frustrations of having to go to multiple people, multiple places to get the information they need to get it done? Yes, yes, yes. So we, the services that we include are college planning and transition. We also help with enrollment and registration assistance, the financial yeah. aid guidance. We also um award scholarship support to 100 students per year, and we also uh, um, provide the mentoring service and also career planning. Uh, What do you say to Hispanic families that makes them a little more comfortable that with the right thought and the right planning that the, uh, the, the finance to go to school can be accomplished? Yeah, so we give them the different options. We also try to guide them the, and provide them with a lot of the scholarship opportunities and also uh-huh. um, to help them understand the whole financial aid and yeah. how that process is based uh, helps students with the financial part. And, more, and we also help them understand, like, the difference between grants and loans and 
the work-study opportunities, but we also have a lot of students that continue to work throughout their college experience as well. Tell us about the work uh, LAEF does with the Colorado Higher Education Partnership. I think it involves both four-year and community colleges. Is that correct? Yeah, so yeah, so we work with uh, both four-year um, universities and community college. So this partnership, it's more beneficial to our students because they're able to much match the awarded funds that the student receives from us. So instead of just receiving well, the scholarship from LEF, the university and the college also re uh, matches that fund, which basically creates the double the amount of funding. How many colleges in Colorado are a part of the Colorado Higher Education Partnership that you work with? They're basically most of them. So um, the, we go from like Adams State, Ames, Arapaho Community College. We do like Colorado Mesa. We also do like Northwestern side, like School of Mines, the SDSU, CU, DU. We also work with like Emily Griffin Technical College. And, oh, really? And we also have a couple from like Lamar. We have like downtown like Metro, like Pueblo, Regis. What else do we have? Boulder. Okay. So yeah, it's basically we do have a lot of universities and colleges that are a part of it. You know, in, in your in your response there, you you mentioned something that I, I didn't see. Um, you mentioned Emily Griffith. So you also assist getting students into career education as well, or career colleges. Yes, we do. Yes, we probably yeah. work with Emily Griffin too, and but it's based on the, on the, like students that we receive, and 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 for the scholarship itself, it's also like diff mm -hmm. all the different selection. Act uh, criteria that we have, but yes, we do work with technical colleges. It's the front part of the semester, even though they may be doing it virtually, remotely, or some in a classroom, um, it's also about the time of year that scholarship applications uh, start to be filed. Do you have a date that's coming up that we need to let people know about right now? Yes, we do. Please do. We have um, this application opening on November 27th, and it will uh -huh. remain open until January 10 of 2021. So you still have a lot, a little bit of time, but it's best to start now. I suppose to start now. November 27th is the opening date, and they can start going to your website to get any information, right? Yes, yes. They can visit us at www.laef.org. You develop a community coalition. Uh, what's the detail? How does that work? So basically, we partner with organizations and community organizations to help them reach their goals and objectives when it comes to their scholarship programs or the scholarship aid. So in some instances, they provide like the funds to LAF and they help uh, and they help us mentor the students. Others, um, they provide their funds and we help them award their aid to their students. So it's a little bit of a community build to help additional students graduate and get a college degree. During regular non-pandemic years, uh, you, you, you also do some recognition of the community with the Saul Trujillo 
National uh, ed- National Higher Education Leadership Award. Salford Hill was the first CEO, uh, Hispanic CEO at U.S. West. Yes. I think that's a great way to uh, to recognize people that help support the work you you do, and I think that's how that works. Correct. Yes. Yes. So the Salford Hill National Lifetime Leadership Award was established to recognize and celebrate individuals who have been dedicated their time, their talents, and energy to improve the educational opportunities for Hispanic and Latino youth. Uh, I guess your supporting events like Gala 2020, you know, Chicano Ride, they've all been negatively affected by uh, COVID, so you're having to look at next year and resetting those up again so, so people can still know that they're still going on. Like you said, all of our events were canceled because of COVID this 2020. For 2021, we are probably going to continue with just like virtual events like everybody is trying to adjust now. So we're trying mm-hmm. to reach our community with through the virtual way. You set up the COVID-19 emergency fund for uh, the impacts to students and families. What did you? How did you find... Or what did you find uh, how students were being uh, negatively impacted by that and needed the help and why you set up that fund? Yes, so um, many of our students and many others were forced to go home after the COVID-19 first outbreak. So um, most of our students, some some of them live in multi-generational families. They don't have good access to Internet or some of them didn't have computer support. So we surveyed our students to uh, see how they were doing, and based on their response, we knew that we needed to help them. So that's when we started the LAS COVID Relief Fund to provide the students and their families grants to help them cover their basic needs. And also during, as soon as COVID started, a lot of their families and themselves lost their jobs, so they were in real trouble. Wow. And so that's what that fund goes to help with. And so people can contribute to that fund as well uh, to help those students that are that have had this adverse impact. Yes, yes. And they can visit our website to make donations. We do thank Kimberly Villegas of the Latin American Education Foundation for sharing a few moments with us on this edition. You can gain additional insight through the foundation and support its work by going online to laef.org or by calling 303-446-0541. That's 303-446-0541. I'm Adam Morgan. Do keep in touch. Stay in your game. And many thanks to you also for sharing a few moments of your weekend with us.